Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? You out there? You listening? to you live from central wisconsin what's well, good to see you guys out there fam uh sorry for being late um had a financial fire i had to put out um moving sucks man that's all i guess all i gotta say um this 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 whole experience has been way more expensive than i hoped it was going to be and it's put us in a little bit of a spot but we got it worked out for now so once we start getting everything flowing again here we'll be good to go but um so yeah that's the <laughs> had to put out a little bit of a fire there so got that taken care of today finally so now we're good to go. We're officially officially here. A <laughs> uh, little. Uh, by the way, uh, did I did I tell you about the deposit? <laughs> no, yeah, you didn't tell me about the, the deposit. But thanks, thanks for letting me know about that, so I could plan for it. Um, appreciate that very much. So, anyways, got the got that shit taken care of, man. I had to deal with the bank and all that crap. So, got that done and just got back here literally about uh, 15 minutes ago. Threw together all my links, threw them into Discord, popped them up real quick while I was <laughs> prepping here, and uh, we're we're ready to roll here. So, thanks for being here today, guys. Much love to you all. I'm hope hope you guys are all having a great day. It is Tuesday, June 7th already. As uh, we were already into June, and uh, the rest of this summer should be pretty interesting. There's a lot of interesting stuff in the news today. Hunter Biden's back in the news. Uh, Technofile's got a new piece I want to read. I haven't checked that out yet. Um, there's a few other things that are pretty interesting out there. Of course, we got to talk a little bit about January 6th. I, all my links are a mess here, so I don't even have a clue what really I have up. I should probably kind of organize this in some kind of way. It's going to be like a completely disjointed show like it usually is. Uh, Margot Cleveland has a really good article up that I want to read. Uh, the DOJ and uh, FBI and DOJ notes the special counsel just released are huge. Uh, so we want, I'm going to get that going here in the first hour. Technofog, definitely the Kislyak stuff. Uh, voter fraud news from Jersey out there today. That's pretty interesting. Wendy Strange Mahoney, who I've been kind of enjoying reading uh, recently from Uncovered DC. She has a new article up uh, talking about the Bilderberg meetings. For those of you that remember the dig from several years ago that we did into Bilderberg and finding the links of understanding how deep this uh, – this uh, cooperative conspiracy really goes. Uh, then we realize what, what you're really up against, and that's what we got coming up there. So we'll kick it off with Hunter Biden. Uh, Bannon's in the news. We'll talk about that here pretty quick. So we'll just get to it here pretty quick. Thanks for being here today, guys. Adam hugs a bugs, hugs, hug a pug, hug, hug Adam back. Much love, brother. Good to see you out there. Liberty Bells, knock my socks off. Who cares news? Uh, Politius, thank you for dropping the links out there. Putsy Bulls in the house as well. Good to see you out there on the Foxhole. Thanks for being here today, guys. Appreciate you guys very much. Much love. Everything uncensored, of course, is uncensored. Everything Uncensored Abe is at UncensoredAbe.com. Check out the website when you get time. Podbean, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify. Pick a podcast, search Uncensored Abe, you'll be able to find it. We're at two episode. This today is episode 280 of the podcast, and we are getting about 500 views a day, some some more. Some days we get up to 1,000, so uh, download. So 
Thank you for all supporting the podcast. We appreciate you guys. Uh, the numbers have been ticking up steadily uh, ever since the uh, actually ever since the Patel Patriot interview. That one exploded, and then ever since then we've been growing. So thanks guys for being out there. If you want to watch the the show live, you can do it from the website right there. Just click the watch link right there. If you want to, I, I want my news on censored shirt. You can click the merchandise link right there. Check that out if you guys get time. Every day five Eastern, unless I'm scrambling to run around doing something that I had, that I had to do like today. But every day five Eastern, four Central, Foxhole, D Live, Twitch, Rumble, Cloud Hub, and Tiger Network are where you can find the live stream. Appreciate Appreciate you guys all very much for being out there. Previous two shows and other stuff that you might want to see are up at the website, as well as how you can help. I do need your guys' help. Thank you guys very much for everything you guys are doing to help keep the lights on here on Cash App, PayPal, and Patreon, and how you can do that. Thank you for all the Patreons out there who have been uh, contributing to the show for several years now uh, and just do a, do a monthly payment on, on that. I'm, I'm hoping to change that up here pretty soon. I'm looking at different options. Uh, maybe life will settle down here for a little bit so I can actually work on my show. Wouldn't that be great? MyPillow. Check that out when you guys get time. MyPillow.com backslash Abe. We appreciate them very much. If you want to re- receive a free gift and a nice discount, you can use my, the discount code Abe. You can help support the show. Get yourself some really cool stuff like some slippers that I have on sale still. Uh, you get yourself a free book as you can see right there. And uh, they have the the my pillow sheets um, pillows uh, the go anywhere pillows and towel sets are two for one right now so check that out when you guys get time if everybody needs towels if you need some towels use discount code Abe or go to mypillow.com backslash Abe lot of other cool stuff on there you can check out check that out when you guys get time mypillow.com backslash Abe can't do it without those guys can't do it without you guys thank you guys very much for all the love support and prayers best case scenario if you could just help share the stream for me tell somebody that we're live man tell them to come hang out so I appreciate you guys Facebook True Social and Gab links are at the very bottom my email address and the PO box as always if you want to get a hold of me I try to get back to you guys as quick as possible. Thank you guys for being here. Sean Joe's out in the house already dropping cookies on me. Thank you very much, brother. Appreciate you very much. Who cares? Says there is a little room to move. I can actually turn around fast enough to kiss my own ass. <laughs> I take it you're in the RV stove. Uh, good to see you out there, bro. Hope all is well. Uh, let's see. What else is going on out there today? Let me check in with... Uh, uh, Tiger Tour3.com. If you guys haven't checked that out, Tiger Network, there's a lot of great streamers that are on there too. If you're looking for an alternate platform, different kind of stuff, Tour3.com. Check that out when you guys get time. All of my archive stuff's on there. Rumble Cloud is working their way in over there today. Knock my socks off. Chris is, is dropping the links out there. Thank you very much. I see the crowd working your way in there today. Do me a favor. Hit the plus button on Rumble. Thanks for being here today, guys, with me. And subscribe to the channel if you haven't subscribed yet. Thanks, guys, for being here. Chris just resubbing over on Twitch for another uh, for 13 months now. Thank you very much, Chris, for subbing over there. And a new uh, follow, uh, Firecracker Patriot. Thank you for the new follow. And JC Bird yesterday in Dunahaw. Thank you for all the support. Appreciate you guys very much. By the way, I just got slippers ordered from MyPillow using Abe Sweet. Uh, Dad and hubby love them. I'm glad to hear that, OG Mary. Thank you very much for the support. I appreciate that very much. I'm glad you guys got those. I'm glad you like them. Everyone has said that they really like the slippers. So thank you, Chris, for being out there. Uh, Boulder Q's out, out in the house. Good to see you out there, my friend. Hope all is well and over on your end. You seeing the black pillars out there, Boulder Q? They're out in full force, man. Dunahaw's out there hanging out. Appreciate you. Thanks for being here today, guys. Um, much love. I appreciate it. Uh, DLive, is, there's, there's a crowd over on DLive, but they banned my chat because they hate me. So uh, if you want to chat, check out Foxhole.app and take all your money out of DLive. That's the second time they've demonetized me, and they've demonetized many others for sharing too much truth. And if, uh, if I were you, I would vote with your wallet and put your money into Rumble or something like that. Take all of your financial information out of DLive because DLive is as a whole. We are also live on Telegram right now. You'll be able to see behind the scenes on Telegram. So if you want to go over there, you'll be able to see the uh, the um, OBS link. I, I don't know. <laughs> Why not, right? I mean, I can always fix it for you guys. I don't know. Uh, there's really no – There's that's just kind of the best way to go about it. You know what I'm saying? 
Uh, you can still see the show. You can kind of see behind the scenes and see the chat, and you can monitor it straight through Telegram. So new platform over there, and I'm looking at expanding to other new platforms now. Restream just changed their terms of service to where you can restream to as many as possible. So I'm going to try to look at other platforms to see what they have on Restream and uh, try that too pretty soon. So there you go. Who cares? Thank you for the 145 gold pills as you do every day, brother. Appreciate that very much. Of the breaking news stuff today that I saw out there, I got it all kind of in the in the show here today, so let's just hop straight to it since we're late. We'll start with Hunter Biden. We started yesterday reading that article from the United Kingdom <laughs> uh, Times uh, paper talking that saying basically that the Hunter Biden's laptop is going to be uh, a bigger problem than uh, than they're making it out to be. You think we've been kind of waiting for this stuff to come out and I just been waiting for, you know, me I don't stuff like that. I don't need to dig into that. And I'm not as good of a digger on that. I'd rather find the great uh, articles that are written out there and, and bring those to you guys. So that's what we're going to do today. Black hat destroyers in the house as well. Thanks guys. So here you go. This is from Valiant News, and uh, Garrett Ziegler just uh, sent this one out there. So let's check it out. Hunter's drug-addled prostitute got $20,000 PP loan under Biden's watch. A prostitute featured prominently in Hunter Biden's uh, laptop apparently received a $20,000 forgivable PP loan, PPP loan from the federal government. These people, man, they just uh, – it's, it's amazing. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing how they can play their games. This article contains uncensored text messages of a graphic sexual nature with references to drug use sent to and from Hunter Biden. A woman featured prominently in the text message recovered uh, on Hunter Biden's infamous abandoned laptop was granted $20,000, $207 forgivable loan from the federal government for her sole proprietorship as a performer. In 2021, Valiant News independently confirmed the existence of the text messages referenced in a new report published by the Daily Wire, which claims that that the person Biden communicated with about drugs, paraphernalia, prostitution, and money was none other than Cheryl DeBoves. DeBoves, the Daily Wire reports, received a $20,000 loan shortly after Joe Biden assumed the presidency in 2021. She was granted the loan for her female-owned sole proprietorship filed under independent artists, writers, and performers category. When you when your prostitutes uh, have figured out a way to uh, to play around with the tax system, <laughs> you know something's gone seriously wrong. It remains unclear if she changed her profession since her last known communications with her younger Bi- with the younger Biden in t- 2019. But at the at the time she appeared to be engaged as a prostitute and drug runner, Daily Wire reports DeBoves also pled no contest to a prostitution charge in 2017. In one exchange, DeBoves claim, uh, complained that Biden had too many girls girls for one party quote, but you even offered me more money this morning and I didn't take it or ask and trust me. I needed it. She told Biden. She then suggests she wanted more alone time with the son of a man who was then contemplating running for the white house. quote, yes, I do want you to come over, but with the confidence that's with me, it's not an either. It's not an either or for who stays and who goes wrote Biden. Um, there's all the text messages. You get the gist of it. I don't think we need to, to read the text directly, but you know, we'll just kind of summarize these. On August 7th, after meeting Biden at the well-known hotel in Las Vegas, the Boves was apparently sent on a drug and supply run for Biden. It took her from 7.36 p.m. on August 7th until sometime after 4.51 a.m. on August 8th to return to Biden. They then spent the following night together. The screenshots and text messages they exchanged throughout the nearly 12-hour ordeal are presented without comment. Um, 
All right, this I kind of want to see. Can you get me Dayquil, please? <laughs> Where are you? Yes, babe, I got you. Getting your pipe in me black. I was sick, babe. Getting your pipe in me black. Um, babe, this is, I just roasted. I just got stuck at Walmart first. So fucking wrong. And I had to pay Uber back. And it's going to be a lot of money because my ride left me and I couldn't find a USB charger for nothing. I still haven't made it to the smoke shop. I'm hoping I can make it to one before they close. <laughs> All right. This goes on and on for a while. What's this part? Um, let's see here. Oh my God, this sucks. Okay. Listen, I'm not coming. Okay. The miscommunication and lack of responding to each other in time is really making it difficult for us to see each other. I told my ride, you weren't responding to me. So I decided not to come, but Maybe he's still here. What in the world? Come here, please. The 50th time. Come back here, please. Yes, no, question mark, question mark. Thank you so much for responding. I will gladly come back, babe. <laughs> but I'm going to try and stop and find some of that stuff. This is August 8th, 2018. Um, and it just kind of now they get into like a freaking argument. Whatever, dude, I'll leave your bag somewhere. <laughs> Anyways. Perhaps due to her unreliability, Biden eventually broke off contact with the Bose for several months. During this time, she repeatedly begged him for money and claimed that the two violent drug dealers were threatening to hurt her. Biden apparently gave her money in late August of 2018, and then they did not reply to her until the following year. Hey, will you call me? Call me. Da, 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 da. Um, in February of 2019, Biden replied a text message and soon requested she video call him while nude. The text messages insinuate Biden may have sent her $500 to pay for her phone bill and keep the erotic calls coming. This request soon petered out, and Biden did not communicate with the Bova again with the communications preserved on his laptop. So there's that. Click the download. No thank you. <laughs> the Bova would go on to receive more than $20,000 soon after Hunter Biden's father became president of the United States and thus began presiding over the PPP loans program. As Valiant News reported in the past, experts say PPP loans, PPP loans may have been enabled a unprecedented level of fraud in the United States and virtually any business qualifying for tens of thousands of dollars with little or no oversight. Yeah, no kidding. Every day in the DOJ website, I read somebody who, who's, who got convicted of taking advantage of it. It just uh, depends on who you are. You know what I'm saying? Just like everything else in this world. Um, hey, Panzer, what's good? We're reading uh, some stuff into the into Hunter Biden's laptop here. I've, I've kind of covered it yesterday, but I wanted to spend some time on it today. Um, in Georgia, Republican candidate for U.S. House Mike Collins received $920,000 in PPP, PPP loans for his business uh, before eventually loaning his political campaign 465000 of his personal money. Vernon Jones, his Trump-endorsed opponent, going into the runoff, seized on the issue in a debate held for the primary. Experts say the PPP loans were the biggest fraud in a generation, as reported by NBC News, which also said that the experts believe as much as $80 billion was stolen via fraud as a result of the PPP program. Daily Wire says it conducted an analysis of uh, showing that 83,000 loans were approved, totaling around a billion dollars for businesses filed under the same independent writers and performers category as Debova. <laughs> A billion dollars given out to strippers and, and prostitutes. That's great. You got to love uh, the world we live in, you know, 
I got to go get a loan to just just to catch up on uh, on a gap in bills here. And these guys are, uh, you know, give them blowjobs for a billion dollars in PPP fraud. What a world. The complete text messages from Hunter Biden's laptop were released publicly earlier this year by the researchers at Marco Polo, which made them available via its website. You can find that link in here if you want this. Valiant News was provided a copy of the text messages by Marco Polo and has used it to help verify the authenticity of the Daily Wire's reporting. Contents from Hunter Biden's laptop were first published on October of 2020, but were censored by big tech websites and characterized as Russian disinformation by the mainstream media. Most media outlets have quietly accepted the laptop was authenticated over the last year. Previously, Valiant created a timeline that shows how the Biden family, including Joe Biden, responded to the accusation that Hunter Biden molested or behaved in a sexually inappropriate fashion around his niece, Natalie Biden, Biden via text messages. And that has that reporting has been pretty out there far and wide. So if you're looking for a Hunter Biden uh, laptop story, there's one there for you guys. I'm going to keep staying on that, man. This is a, it's an important story that has been censored by far the most out there. And that's what we try to do on here. Even though some of them are, a lot of people are like, dude, do we have to really, we have to talk about this today? Really? I really would rather not have to talk about this today, but look, I, I think it's important. And so we're going to spend some time, you know, whenever there's stuff, revelations come out, good articles like that. We'll spend some time uh, covering those. So there's the latest from that. Uh, the other nude story that's out there, yeah, with Hunter and stuff, I'm, yeah, that kind of stuff I'm not interested in. The, the stuff that I'm interested in is the criminality side of of what they were uh, what what they were up to, and no, obviously we all know that Joe Biden was part of it too. So you know that's kind of why I want to get this stuff covered. So there's that article out there today. Uh, let me check in with you guys over there on Twitch. You guys, what do you think? Play keep keep talking about that stuff. The laptop is fake news. Yeah, that's what the mainstream media wants you to believe. Oh, man. What's up, Johnny B? Freestyler in the house as well. Good to see you guys out there. Thanks for joining us here, Panzer. All right, that's the first one today. The second one I got for you today is Bannon's subpoena. He subpoenaed Pelosi and the January 6th committee uh, members to fight the contempt charges. This is going to be interesting how this plays out between him and Navarro. So we're going to keep an eye on this one, too. Uh, aren't those loans, meaning uh, must be repaid? Will that be enforced? That's the thing. There, a lot of them haven't been repaid. Um, and that's, you know, that's where the, uh, fraud comes in. Exactly. Puts you will hookers and blow. Will he fix it? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, uh, the world that, uh, he lived in. All right. This is from CNN politics. So take that for what it's worth, but we're going to read it and see what they got in here. Anyway, Steve Bannon set to go trial next month for defying a congressional subpoena has subpoenaed house speaker, Nancy Pelosi and members of the house select committee investigating the January 6th insurrection as he builds his defense. Bannon, a conservative firebrand who previously served as president Donald Trump's chief strategist and senior counselor was charged with two counts of contempt of Congress in November of 2021 after refusing to testify and produce documents. He pleaded not guilty. Last week, Bannon's legal team subpoenaed 16 lawmakers and congressional staffers to testify at the jury trial and produce documents. According to one of Bannon's attorneys, and co- the copies of the subpoenas were provided to the CNN. Um The subpoenas were aimed at all nine members of the select committee, three committee staffers, and general counsel for the House of Representatives, Douglas Leiter. Bannon also subpoenaed House Democrat leadership, including Pelosi, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, and Representative Jim Clyburn. A spokesman for the House committee declined to comment, of course. Spokespeople for Pelosi, Hoyer, and Clyburn did not immediately request request for (laughs) respond to request for comment. Of course they didn't. 
Historically, it has been a challenge to compel members of Congress to testify because their legislative activity is protected under constitutional speech and debate clause. Quote, in particular, this case, I'm extremely confident that the staff members and members of the House would be shielded by the speech and debate clause, said Thomas Spulak who served as general counsel for the House of Representatives in the 90s. The lawmakers and staffers could file a motion to quash the subpoenas on those grounds. Quote, I'm very confident the defense will be upheld and they will not be compelled to produce anything or appear for anything. Bannon's attorneys are seeking to challenge the makeup of the House Select Committee, question lawmakers' motives for targeting Bannon, and argue Bannon was not required to testify because doing so could have jeopardized former President Trump's executive privilege. Quote, I believe from the start that it's purely political motive going after Bannon, said David Schoen, one of Bannon's attorneys. He said, if the committee truly wanted Bannon's testimony, it would not have referred him for a criminal contempt charges. Quote, they'll never get his testimony now, Schoen said. I have to draw the conclusion it's purely a political message. They're afraid of the message Bannon puts out there. That's exactly what it is. Other Republicans have also challenged the legitimacy of the committee and refused to testify. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy refused to comply with the committee subpoena, claiming it was not legally valid. Uh, as you guys know, last week, Peter Navarro, who was charged with two counts of contempt, uh, also refused to testify as he also excited executive privilege and claimed his subpoena from the kangaroo committee was unenforceable as we covered last week. That's exactly what it is. The subpoenas also call for targets to hand over a roster of documents, including Items relevant to the establishment of the committee. That will be interesting to see if Bannon can get that admitted into court. The decision to refer Bannon for criminal contempt and communications with one of Bannon's lawyers. Um, in the case of Democrat representatives Adam Shithead and Jamie Raskin, Bannon's team has also requested documents that pertain to their recently published books. Nice. Shithead's got a new book out there. So does Raskin. Go figure, man. So that's in the news today. We'll see if that goes anywhere. I mean, the the legal argument that CNN talks about in there that um, that there's no way because of the speech and debate clause that that's going to happen is why qualified immunity in our system is just a disaster because they're right. The speech and debate clause does shield members of Congress and others. So we'll see what happens on that. Maybe there'll be a legal challenge on that too. Uh, what a disaster of a world we live in legally. You know what I'm saying? It's a mess. All right, let's, well, let's stay on January 6th here. As Becker News has this out there from Kyle Becker, January 6th advisor confesses no smoking gun, Trump planned Capitol riots. This is the part that I think is the most important part of what's not going to come out of their garbage testimony this week, and we're going to cover it in, in, in our way um, and try to you know stay with it. But uh, I want to read this article from um, to see what's on this. or Actually, let me just hear what it has to say. Uh, this is Denver Riggleman. Uh, former technical senior advisor for the January 6th committee on CNN. Uh, let's take a look and see what this guy has to say uh, with regards to this. Next week, the House Select Committee on January 6th will be holding its first public hearing on what it has found in the investigation into the attacks on the Capitol. In an announcement, the committee said it will present previously unseen material documenting January 6th and that it will summarize what it calls the coordinated multi-step effort to overturn the 2020 election. Few people have had access to their inner workings, but our next guest has. Joining us is former Republican Congressman Denver Riggleman. He was a senior technical advisor to the January 6th committee. This is about 10 minutes, you, but sir, I want to hear how CNN's spinning this. You have a really interesting kind of combination of skills. Obviously, you have insight as a former member of Congress, but you also served in the intelligence community. And there's a lot of kind of intel that went into looking at what happened here. Let's talk broadly, though. 
Is there evidence of crimes by the former president, by Donald Trump? That's a great question. I think there's, there's certainly evidence of communications that led to um, certain types of activities that could lead to what I call coup-like movements, right? And, uh, you know, that's the, that's the thing that the committee and the challenge the like has right now is how do you put all of this data and all these interviews together to present a story? Uh, the biggest challenge we have, Brianna, is how do we compete with a story of fantasy? How do we compete with that compelling sort of fantastical apocalyptic conspiracy theory that we have to take over the government or there's a deep state or globalists or QAnon? Um, facts are boring. Ah, he, uh, um, and <laughs> Did you hear that? Are those a deep state or QAnon? Are you serious? That's what this guy has to say about this shit? you got to be kidding me. <laughs> What's up, Sean Joe? I think the thing that we have to do is we have to be able to present those facts in a compelling way and to merge that data with the amazing amount of interviews and, and the I'd say the expertise of each of the committee investigative teams. So the, the challenge is, is that each team, and you know there's separate teams that are stovepiped into certain um, categories, each of those teams then have to blend all of that knowledge into a cogent story for the American public in only two weeks. That's going to be interesting. When, the, when they actually the writing comes out about it or the, the book about it, the summary, the report, when that comes out, then that, that story has to be compelling enough that people read it and try to understand it. Um, and I think <laughs> the baseline is going to be about... And I know, goodness, I don't want to create massive news. I don't know if the baseline is going to be just about the uh, criminal activity. I think it's going to be about the belief systems uh, that we have to combat in the future. The belief systems? But you've made it clear. That's what they're going to put on trial? The truth? the crux of this, right? It's really the scaffolding on which so much of this investigation is built. Is it clear through this investigation that those are really a direct line to President Trump? Does yes. that pull him in here? I think when you're looking at the, the, <laughs> I, I, I guess, um, I, th I think when you're looking at this, uh, you're looking at, uh, president Biden being president. So, uh, if there was an insurrection, um, wouldn't president Trump still be in office? Somebody who just looks at facts, right? It's very difficult to imagine that the chief of staff did not have a direct line to the president. And I think people that say otherwise say, well, you don't have specific proof of that contact or that communications is really interesting to me. So but, but between the texts and also, of course, there's going to be, there's testimony. Yes. Is there evidence of crimes by the former president, do you think? I don't know. Um, you know, a lot of people, I think, want me to say, you know, something, uh, you know, where I think there's criminal activity. I think if you're trying to obstruct Congress and that can be proven, that is criminal activity. Uh, and I believe, you know, looking at the data, I think that's why I don't want to take the thunder away from the committee, because all of the stuff that we did with our technical team has been pushed to the committee. So I'm going to let them make that judgment, but I can tell the, the American people this. What there is evidence of are multiple individuals and organizations communicating on a specific line of, uh, I would say, a plan or a mission plan. And that's the thing that really bothered me about what I saw was the, uh, was the, uh, the, the incredible amount of links. Uh, we're in a new era. Uh, if we don't, if, I think if we don't meet the challenge of Are actually, you saying there's proof of a conspiracy? I think, well, conspiracy is a, an interesting definition, right? That's just, you know, two people sort of doing something together in a specific line or a specific type of activity. So all of this, you know, somebody's talking about how do we actually, you know, do, a, I say do a plan between, you know, the legislative branch, the executive branch, right, and the judicial branch. We have to actually influence all those branches to make something happen. <laughs> you know, that, that's a conspiracy of thought for sure. A conspiracy of thought. Brianna, 
Are you fucking kidding me right now? President committed crimes. You said, quote, you have evidence of communications that led to coup-like movements from the president. Explain. Well, it's really not from the president. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is when I looked at this at the beginning, I wanted to see if there were individuals that were trying to do things that were actually non-factual and they were pushing this into the ecosystem. So I never wanted to use the word coup or insurrection when I started this. I just, I used, you know, coup-like movements, you know, to try to actually define, you know, what you're looking at when these individuals are doing those type of things. So, you know, that was what, what's really interesting is people, I think, are afraid to use, was this an eternal coup? How do you actually define it? I think that's the challenge for the committee is that if people actually believe this for real, if they believe that the election was actually stolen. No shit, Sherlock. It was fucking stolen, you say, fucking hey, idiot. Was this actually fraud or was this people who actually believed it? And I think that is really, um, really a challenge for the committee, but I think they're going to. Uh, yeah, because there's a lot of facts out there that's real proof that it was what fucking stolen, idiot. What a presidential dereliction of duty? Well, for me, personally, I'm going to speak for me personally, you know, as far as an opinion is, you know, I was, I've always been shocked. Um, at the, uh, the length of time where there was no communications during the day of January 6th. Um, that's, that's a leadership vacuum. And I think that's something that's been bothering me, you know, since I started this personally, is why that long gap. Um, and I think when you're looking at an individual, right, who continually tries to, to push um, disinformation into the social media ecosystem, that's another thing that has bothered me for a long time, um, is somebody who actually, I would say, expands or amplifies things that are, that are patently false. Uh, that's, that's really the challenge, John, is how, how do we fight? These people um, are so fucking delusional, dude. In, how do we fight those who are, I would say, profiting off mm. of that type of disinformation? How do you fight this whole ecosystem out how there? How do you fight me? You can't stop me, Chomp. And somebody like me who gets very boring with facts, that's why, you know, some of these answers are really just... Very boring with facts. Is that as you see this... Seriously? This that, that dude just said somebody like me who's steps. very boring with what facts. It, yes. At the end, what is the conclusion? And I think with all the different aspects you have of this, it's going to be... Going to be a challenge, but I, I do, again, I do think the committee will rise to the well, let's talk about facts. Hey, how was that made job The idea of a possible dereliction of duty has bothered you for some time. You've now seen the evidence. Do you think you have seen evidence of an actual dereliction of duty? No. Uh, I'm going to let the committee, since I was on the committee, I'm going to let them come to that conclusion. <laughs> What's it been like to work in this committee? Uh, I've been like to, to what, just create narratives. What's it been like to work in this committee? And, you know, like, what's it like to like work you know, for Hollywood and like be a script writer for like Hollywood style like plays where you can like create or like a reality and then you can go on CNN and like you can talk to people about this reality and make people believe it. Uh, when you look at the members of the committee and working with the committee, the specific investigators, I think it's been very um, disappointing and very sad for people to attack the investigators that are behind the door that are not <laughs> asking for any fame. They're just doing this, you know, because they're Americans. They're illegitimate, you fucking moron. Learn the laws of the fucking Senate. The door, uh, doing the work on the committee. And when you see the attacks that happen against Liz or Adam or... Some of the attacks that happened against Oh, yeah, me. they're done. We're actually just. Wait till you figure that shit out. But again, Wait till that smacks you upside your fucking thick skull where you're like, oh, of, fuck. You know, they don't have Liz Cheney and fucking Adam Kinzinger's dumbasses anymore. How do you fight that narrative when there's such a huge ecosystem that can push out any type of information you want and people accept that? You know, they self select, you know, their echo chamber. So the fact Oh, yeah, that you're, you're in your echo chamber for sure, buddy. Adam, incredible people. I don't think I'm really that bad of a guy. Um, but you're just a fucking idiot. Day, I don't think you're a bad guy either. I just think you're a fucking death. moron. What, a, what an honor. And I think when you look at the individuals who are going to be doing the questions during the committee hearing, think about the fact you might not have never heard any of these individuals' names. And they're the ones out there that have been putting months behind the door, sometimes 15, 17, 18 hour days. Bullshit. To try to make this happen. Not a so single one of those motherfuckers put in over, over six hour days. 
Uh, it's been difficult, but it's also been one of the best things I've ever done. But I think <sighs> I think we really need to embrace those amazing individuals behind the door doing the work. Yes, yeah, let's embrace these, these propagandists, these, these professional propagandists. To piece together this story that they've been investigating. Nearly a thousand interviews that they have done. You know all of the technical work, obviously, as the technical yes. advisor. You've seen Kevin McCarthy. I mean, you know, you know there's, there's, a, a there's technical stuff. sucked up to President Trump mostly since the January Very 6th technical. insurrection. And I wonder what you think. I know, dude. I know. I want to see the narrative that they're spinning, though. I want to see where they're coming with this at. That, that way we can easier, easier it's to tackle it. incredibly compelling. And I think what it looks like, sadly, <laughs> oh, goodness, you sadly on the baseline is that only fundraising and polling dictate politicians' messages, not necessarily <laughs> what's always right. That's always what's facts-based. And me being in Congress, the fact I am a former congressman and I can speak to this, the fact that I've done some of those things, made some of those mistakes, is that you look at polling and fundraising over what's right first. If you continually do that, I think you start- Yeah, you want to talk polling and fundraising, buddy? Let's talk about that. something that's been bothering me. And even as we do this interview- Has Kevin McCarthy lost that? I think when 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 you say the truth, the truth is usually directly after something, right? <laughs> and I've seen the truth in the text messages. I've seen the truth in other types of information. I think when you say the truth directly after something, that this individual is responsible. Oh, my God. A few days later, you retract that. There's only one reason, and that's because either polling or fundraising I get it, or your guys. position is threatened. And that's politics, though. It's not like this is, a, I, I think it should be a surprise to anybody. I just despise that ecosystem. I despise I Yeah, I'm with you. That. And I think that's what's difficult for people in positions of power right now. I would say that out of the 147 people that voted not to certify the election, I bet 70 over 70 percent of them thought it was hogwash. <laughs> that's what. That's the problem. That's, that is that a fact? Is that a truth there that you just pull a number out of your fucking head and be like, I bet. I, I, I don't know. I don't and know so for sure. I don't have any actual numbers to back it up with. But I'd, I'd bet based on what I see in my echo chamber, fucking people, dude. How do we compete? With that compelling sort of fantastical, apocalyptic conspiracy theory that we have to take over the government and there's a deep state or globalist or QAnon. <laughs> Facts are barring, he added. Wow. That's, I, I'm just semi-baffled at what how they're trying to spin this into, into something. I mean, the, the, to have an insurrection, right, you would... Trump would have to still be president, right? Is is Trump still president, and that we just don't know it, or or is this all a sham? Because I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of confused here. We'll see, I guess. I despise them too, Chris. I'm sorry you guys had to listen to that. I I need to hear where they're coming from. Steve Dees put this out there today. I'm going to post a note here I received this morning from a January sixther. I will post it without comment. Feel free to read it and then come to your own conclusions. This is from the Steve D show uh, this morning at 8, 10, 8, 11 a.m. I hear you, Cat Rocks. I hear you. Okay. I listened to your podcast. Okay. This is quote. This is from a January 6th that wrote a letter. Quote, I listened to your podcast and I follow Julie Kelly. I do too. I read her every chance I get. It's every bit as she describes. I am a husband and a father who has zero criminal history, and I'm looking at years in prison after I took a plea. Quote, you may ask, why would people take a plea if they are innocent? Innocent has nothing to do with this, as my lawyer has told me over and over again. This is payback. There are only a handful of representatives in D.C. 
that care about us. The vast majority couldn't care less. They secretly despise Trump and anyone on the January 6th as well. The DOJ knows this. There will be no reform of this government. There will be no going back. All there is now is the path ahead, but that path will never lead back to the country we once were. I watched for four years as our government that I pay taxes for tried to impeach and even oust our president with sheer impunity. Hillary's smearing stunt morphed into a coup that lasted Trump's entire term. Then I watched the election get stolen from the American people. So I went to D.C. to support the way I thought best. I wasn't violent. I didn't break anything. I didn't steal anything. And that doesn't matter. I lost my six-figure income, friends, and my family is a wreck. I had the FBI in my home. I was brought before a judge in shackles and I am a lucky one. I got to remain free until sentencing. So this is the country that I now live in where the powerful few can attack an an elected president attempting to remove him for four years and where elections no longer matter. We are no longer free. And this country was taken without firing a single shot. Guns are meaningless at this point. It was the first amendment that people should have been fighting for the most. I am now barely making a living doing manual labor for just over minimum wage. While my sentencing is over, I was threatened with the 20 years in prison for doing something only murderers face. We couldn't we couldn't change the venue and none of the motions to dismiss were accepted. So at the pleading of my wife, the extreme bias of D.C. and his jury pool of my peers and advice from my lawyer, I destroyed a part of me and signed a paper full of exaggerations, lies, and more importantly, a narrative that fits what they want. I am a Christian and somehow I feel damned. I lied to save my family. My pastor tells me about rehab, but but it doesn't help. I don't look at myself in the mirror anymore as part of me is dead now. I now wake up longing for the Lord to take me. January 6th was a dark day. There was violence by some. That's reprehensible. No one should have broken anything or stolen anything or hurt anyone. Having said that, January 6th should be remembered as the last outburst from people who were sick of coups against Trump. The lies about Russiagate, the double standard of the Bidens and how they obtained their wealth compared to the treatment of Trump, the double standard of BLM rioters and everyone else, the forced LGBTQ pumped into our children's minds at school while we're trying to shut out God at every, while they're trying to shut out God at every corner. The endless wars, the celebrations of abortions, the government spending that has put children not even born into long life debt. The list goes on. This was the last cry out for the death of a nation. I don't know what's going to happen to my family while I'm gone for years. My family has depended on me our whole marriage. She is the only woman I've ever been with, the only woman I've ever loved. I hope she and my kids can make it without me. I'm a January 6er going to prison. And that, my friends, is the world we live in. It's it's tough to keep hope alive in this world, you know. When you read something like that, and someone's someone's um, world gets ripped out from underneath them, families destroyed. Meanwhile, you got Hunter Biden out there selling artwork. That's this world, man. This freaking clown world. And I believe that there's change coming. I don't know when. I don't know how, but I do believe in the future is bright for our country. We just got to get through a rough time right now. So, I mean, what what do you what do you tell somebody like that, right? What do you what do you tell them? Stay strong. <laughs> you think that helps them at all? Stay strong. Don't worry about it. The world's gonna change. 
you can't tell somebody like that like that. And all you do is just pray for them. Just pray for them. <sighs> How is by the grace of God, said legally same patriot. I agree. It's tough. It's tough, man. It's brutal. Oh, man. All right. Thanks for being here today, guys. Let me keep the show moving here today. Pattern Seer over there on uh, tour3.com hanging out. Good to see you out there today. The room looks great. Pictures are perfect on the walls. I'm glad you I'm glad you like it, Pattern Seer. Thank you for joining us here today. I appreciate that very much. Everyone over there on Rumble and Twitch, thanks for hanging out today, guys. Ignatz, thank you for the new follow. I appreciate that very much. Thank you for, thank you for being here with us today. CDU's out there hanging out. Aurelius Locke, uh, Keep True, Thumper Rose. Good to, good to see you guys all out there today. Much love to all you guys. Let's keep it moving today, shall we? We have up next, Undercover DC, Uncover DC. Wendy Strauss Mahoney has an article about the secret of Bilderberg's meetings. It's a fairly quick scan through the article, so we're going to scan through this real quick. Those of you who aren't familiar with Davos, and now you just heard this CNN dumb shit, dumb shit talk about a deep state or a, a globalist. Here's your globalist. Davos and, and the Bilderberg groups, all you got to do is look at who goes to these things. It's not a conspiracy theory that there's globalists who are working in concert to, uh, you know, make sure that the haves stay uh, on top. You know what I'm saying? People have known that for years. It's not like I'm making something up here. Wendy Strauss Mahoney has an article talking about it today, and I wanted to check this out real quick. Uh, Let's see here. Let me fix this. Hold on. That's better. All right. Secretive Bilderberg group meets in D.C. right after Davos. There's no such thing as like the deep state and globalists. There's, what are you talking about, man? God, there's, you're such a conspiracy theorist. I spit truth. Fucking idiots, dude. These people are so fucking delusional, man. The secretive Bilderberg group is back to meeting for the 68th time after a two-year break due to the pandemic. The meeting took place from June 2nd to June 5th at the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Washington, D.C. This year's agenda featured geopolitics, Ukraine, the pandemic, and, of course, the thing called disinformation. Like, I don't know why these people are coming up with this stuff, but it's so disinformation. The key topics for discussion this year are geopolitical realignments, NATO challenges, China, Indo-Pacific, Indo-Pacific realignment, Sino-U.S. competition, Russia, continuity of government and the economy. Pretty interesting one. Glenn covered this on Friday, I think. Continuity of government and the economy. That uh, You got to love it. This disruption of the global financial system, disinformation, energy security and sustainability, post-pandemic health, fragmentation of the democratic societies, yeah, how can we further do that? This is working real well. We've got to keep doing that. Trade and deglobalization and Ukraine. During this meeting, reporting, journal, uh, reporting journalists were unable to attend and participates are supposedly sworn to secrecy. The secrecy policy is allegedly a way to allow members to speak their minds freely without scrutiny, unquote. The first conference took place on May 29th and through, through, through 31st in 1954 in the Netherlands, according to the website. The annual meeting is organized by the Foundation Bilderberg Meetings. Expenses of maintaining the small secret- secretariat of Bilderberg meetings are covered by wholly by private subscription. And the hospitality costs are covered by the steering committee members and the host country. The members of the steering committee are elected and serve a, t- a term of four years and can be reelected. The Bilderberg Group and its meetings are designed to foster dialogue between Europe and North America. You're right. Attendees at the 2022 Bilderberg meeting 
The meeting hosted 120 participants from 21 countries. There's no such thing as like these globalists. What are you talking about? World leaders, business titans, investment bankers, non-reporting media outlets, energy companies, university professors, tech giants, heads of the CIA and the National Security Council, pharmaceutical companies, and foreign policy wonks. Yes, you got to have those guys in the house because they got to make sure they know how to spin the news going to the future. So that way, you know, we can create the next war. Notable attendees. Kristen Cinema was there. Peter Thiel, James Baker, the director of Office of Net Assessment for DOD, British CEO and co-founder Demis Hassabis of DeepMind, an AI DeepMind learning com- company. National Security Advisor, of course, Jake Sullivan. There's no such thing as a deep state. Jake Sullivan is just a big part of it. He's a longtime participant. Henry Kissinger, he's 99. Well, that guy go away already. Has already attended uh, the meeting since 1957. CISA Director Jen Easterly. Got to have the CISA Director there. That's important. CIA Director William J. Burns is there, of course. Albert Borla, uh, Pfizer CEO. Glassell Smith-Klein's CEO, of course. Emma uh, Walmsley was there as well. Mary Kay Henry, who's the International President, Service Employees International Union. Yes, you have to have the SEIU has to be involved because they're they're part of the the into the uh, the global cartels. You know the, the the different cartels that are out there that rule the world. Adelway Ademo, Deputy Secretary of the Treasury. Uh, Gian Lacoon, Vice President of AI Science and Facebook Incorporated. <laughs> Got to have Facebook there. Google, Eric Schmidt's Google is always there. He's got to have him there. No such thing as a deep state. The Bilderberg Steering Committee, the current Builder, Bilderberg Steering Committee is co-chaired by Victor Halberstadt, professor of economics of Leiden University in the Netherlands. Canadian-born uh, Marie-José Cravis, president and of the American Friends of Bilderberg and the chair of the Museum of Modern Art. Got to have them there. There are 32 members currently serving on the Bilderberg Steering Committee. Uh, let's see. Halberstadt is a member of the World Economic Forum, of course, and an advisor to none other than Goldman Sachs. He's also a member of American Economic Association and the International Institute of Public Finance, where he was a president from 1987 to 1990. Marie Kravis served as a vice chair of the Hudson Institute, of course, think tank that guides public Policymakers and global leaders in the government and businesses through a rigorous program of publications, conferences, policy briefings, and recommendations. She and her financier husband, Henry Kravis, are both listed on the World Economic website as well. And they're both notable art collectors. Isn't that wonderful? It's just a wonderful world these people live in, isn't it? The steering committee members are similar in composition to the meeting participants investment bankers, pharmaceutical companies, world leaders, think tanks, the WEF. Media companies, big tech companies, and energy corporations. Of note, Stacey Abrams, founder of the Fair Fight Action, is listed as a member of the steering committee. And she was invited in 2019 to attend the meeting. The same year President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, attended. So there you go. There's your who's who of the deep state that doesn't exist. A great article by Wendy Strauss Mahoney today in Uncovered DC that I wanted to get covered today for you guys. All right, let's keep it moving. We'll get to all this stuff as fast as possible, then we'll let you guys go. The handwritten FBI in DOJ notes, the FBI special counsel just released our huge a nine-minute read from Margot Cleveland. I'm going to hop to this right quick because we got this, and then we got um, the Technofog article, and then from there we can pretty much rapid-fire the rest. So we'll just do a quick show today, get things going through, and we'll be back tomorrow to a normal show time. So thanks for being here today, guys. I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you all for the love, support, and prayers, and especially 
the 457 gold pills already out there. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Appreciate you very much. Uh, this came out, and now, you know, I haven't seen any part of this, but if Mar- Marco Cleveland has something huge, uh, we're going to take a look at this. Uh, she has a copy of it right here. Crowell Reporting Convention, Crimea, uh, Stefan Stans, Exchange of Russian, Interrogate Bert. Nah, I'm trying to read Kleptokasia Russian. I can't really read what, it, what this says, so let me just keep going here. Recently released handwritten notes reveal the FBI either lied or UK intelligence fed information to U.S. agents investigating Donald Trump and his associates. Yeah, this is the link to the United Kingdom MI5, MI6 signals intelligence that we have been talking about since, well, that crazy person Anon put it on the boards. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Recently released handwritten notes from a briefing of the acting attorney general on the status of crossfire hurricane revealed the FBI either lied about the source of Intel or the British intelligence community fed information to the United States agents investigating Donald Trump and his associates as part of the pretrial discovery in the government's prosecution of former Clinton campaign lawyer, Michael Sussman, the special counsel provided defense lawyers notes taken on March 6, 2017 during a high level brief briefing of actor acting attorney general, Dana Buente, about the then ongoing investigation into a supposed Russia collusion. I just spit I just spit facts here, okay? Buente, who held oversight of the DOJ and FBI related to Crossfire Hurricane investigation because of then Attorney General Jeff Sessions' recusal, received an update during the meeting from the FBI's then Deputy Director Andy McCabe, then Assistant Director of Counterintelligence Bill Priestep and Counterintelligence Deputy Assistant Peter Strzok. DOJ officials Tashina Gahar, Mary McCord, and Scott Schools took notes during the briefing, and those notes became public during the Sussman trial that ended in an acquittal last week. Soon after the release of the notes, Hans Maki and Steph, St- Stephen McIntyre detailed for the Federalist several passages that indicated the FBI had lied to the DOJ during the March 6, 2017 meeting in numerous ways. From cryptic notes, Maki and McIntyre deciphered and exposed several significant false storylines sold to the acting attorney general, making their article a must read. Thank you, Stormer, for the 101 gold pills. I appreciate that very much. While any lies, misrepresentations, or material omissions matter, or should, especially when told to the acting attorney general related to an investigation connected to the president of the United States, the notes references to Crown reporting prove particularly significant because of the FISA court's insistence that the DOJ included Christopher Steele's background as an MI6 agent in the FISA application prior to the Secret Surveillance Court issuing an order to surveil Carter Page. The phrase Crown reporting appeared, appeared multiple times in one set of handwritten notes taken during McCabe, Priestep, and Strzok's March, 16, March 6th, 2017 meeting. FBI briefing of the DOJ and acting attorney general Buente next to crown reporting. The notes referenced convention Crimea and NATO and softened stance for exchange of Russian energy stocks. These notations fell under the header of points related to Manafort, as you can see right here, Manafort and then kleptocracy already being investigated. Um, Crown reporting convention, Crimea and NATO softened stance there at there. That is there. The second reference to crown report, crown source reporting came during the FBI's briefing of Buente concerning the investigation of Carter page with the notation following the general discussion of page. 
Uh, let's see. SVR connections prior to this. New York contacts with SVR gave him. I cannot read what that says. Defense briefing and something SVR about the FBI contact. Trump named as one of the policy advisors, foreign policy advisors, spring of 2016. Background SVR allegation, crown source report tip. Huge implications, no matter the source. Thank you, Liberty Bells. God bless you. You have a great day as well. The notes do not elaborate on the crown source or who provided the crown source reporting. There are two possibilities, both of which have huge, huge, huge implications for the ongoing special counsel investigation. First, the clown, they claimed the crown source could be former MI6 spy Steele. To date, Steele remains the only person with connection to British intelligence publicly known to have provided the FBI with information related to Trump and individuals connected to Trump during the Russia collusion investigation. But if by crown source, the FBI meant steel, the individual briefing Buente lied to him in several days. But if by crown source, the FBI meant steel, the individual briefing Buente lied to him in several ways, did so in a material way. There is likely a paper trail that can confirm an earlier similar lie by FBI agents. While Steele had at one time served in the British intelligence, his MI6 status ended long ago when he retired in 2009 to start the private investigative service or business intelligence. Further, the, the Department of Justice Office of Inspector General reported that more than two years ago, Steele told the OIG that the source network he used to compile the memoranda referred to weekly as the Steele dossier did not involve sources from his time as an MI6 agent. On the contrary, his sources were developed entirely in the period after he retired from government service. So not only was Steele not a crown source, his supposed intel also lacked any connection to crown source reporting. Accordingly, unless the FBI had a had a still publicly unknown crown source who provided the information on which agents briefed the DOJ during the March 6th meeting, they lied to the DOJ. Well, what about Alexander Downer? <laughs> and dear love, you know, that whole connection and Haspel, you know, who all knew if they lied, it really matters. Falsely attributing Intel to a crown source proves significant, not only merely for Buente's oversight of Crossfire Hurricane, but also for Buente's decision to approve a third application to, to surveil Page under the FISA Act and the DOJ's representation of a connection between Steele and, Brit and the British intelligence in the fi FISA applications appeared dispositive to the FISA court's decision to authorize surveillance of Cage. And I see what she's saying here. That is interesting, if that's true. Two little notice passages separated by some 50 pages in the OIG's 478 report on FISA abuse revealed the importance of the FISA court put on Steele's connection to the British intelligence in order in ordering surveillance of Page, according to the OIG, before filing its FISA application, the DOJ submitted a read copy of the to the FISA court to obtain feedback from the FISA court's legal advisor on whether the application met the statutory requirements on, on any issues of concern raised by the legal advisor or the FISA judge handling the application. In the first red copy... Uh, submitted to the FISA court related to Page, the application contained a description of the source network that included the fact that Steele relied on a primary subsource who used a network of subsources and that neither Steele nor primary subsource had direct access to the information being reported. The draft application also contained in a separate footnote on each subsource with a brief description of his or her position and access to the information he or, he or she was reporting. 
After reviewing the read copy, the FISA court's legal advisor asked how it was that Steele had a network of subsources. In response, the government's Office of Intelligence, OI attorney, provided additional information to him regarding Steele's past employment history. The FISA court's legal advisor then requested that additional information be included in the final application. Resulting in the final version of the October 2016 FISA application, including a footnote detailing Steele's prior work as a British intelligence. Wow. The FISA court then granted the revised FISA FISA application, ordering surveillance of Page to begin in October of 2016. The FISA court renewed the surveillance order three additional times, once in December, again in March, and then when Buente signed the application, and finally in June 29th of 2017, when Acting Attorney General Rod Rosenstein signed the final FISA application. All of the applications reference Steele's past service in British intelligence, but as noted above, Steele's source network was unrelated to his government work and came entirely from his private work. Given that the FISA court's legal advisor questioned how it was that Steele had a network of subsources and that the advisor directed the OI attorney to expressly include Steele's previous work as an MI6 agent in the application, the FISA court clearly believed Steele's network of sources came from his time as a British agent. Further, given the significance of the FISA court placed on the fact, it seems likely that the FISA court would have denied the surveillance order had it told the truth that Steele's network of sources had been privately acquired at a bar (laughs) over a barroom conversation about how they were going to set this all up. Steele Tassier, is that what I said? Uh, let's see, the FBI's representation during the March 16, 2017 meeting that the supposed intel related to Manafort and Page came from Crown sources. Again, assuming the agent meant Steele, suggests the Crossfire Hurricane team decided deceived the DOJ from the beginning, resulting in the OI attorney representing to the FISA court that Steele's network of sources were sources used by British intelligence. That deception also likely affected Buente's decision to sign the second renewal application. While these events occurred more than five years, ago in a five-year statute of limitation governors governs false statement charges of course it does the dc circuit has held that if a defendant engages in a scheme to falsify conceal or cover up material facts the limitations period does not begin to run until the scheme ends which is why this time that we're in right now is very interesting in this case then any fbi agents involved in concealing the doj Concealing from the DOJ the final preparation and the review of the June 29th, 2017 FISA application that steel sources were not crown sources or connected to his work in British intelligence could still face criminal liability. Go get them, Durham. Further, while the Sussman trial proved memories uh, fail, sometimes conveniently, uncovering the individuals responsible for, for representing Steele's uh, source network as connected to his past life as an MI6 agent seems a relatively straightforward venture given what we learned from the special counsel's conviction of Kevin Kleinsmith. Kleinsmith pleaded guilty nearly two years ago to altering an email related to Page to make it appear that Page was not a source for the CIA. Kleinsmith's undoing came from the fact that in preparing the FISA application and renewals, the, the various government actors used email to confirm details, including Kleinsmith. The OIG report on FISA, they never thought she was going to lose. The OIG report on FISA abuse detailed that process, noting there were many back and forth exchanges between OI attorney and the FBI, during which the OI attorney 
asked many questions about Page, as well as about Steele's reporting and the structures and access of his source network. To further address reliability, the OI attorney sought information from the FBI to describe the source network in the FISA application, according to the OIG report. Interesting. And that information gathering process included email exchanges and written summaries of briefings. Either that briefing left the OI attorney with the impression that Steele's source network came from his MI6 work or after the FISA court legal advisor asked, how is it that Steele had a network of subsources? <laughs> it's a good question. The OI attorney pushed the information, pushed the FBI for more information. If the latter emails likely memorialize the exchanges, that's a great point. And Durham definitely has it. Whether the FBI agents affirmatively misrepresented Steele's uh, source network as connected to his British intelligence work in their communiques with the OI attorney, and in turn, the OI attorney relayed that information to the FISA court, is unknown to us, but hopefully not to Special Counsel Durham. Indeed. Last couple paragraphs here. Even if no one lied to the OI attorney and has merely assumed Steele's source network carried over from his time at MI6, a misrepresentation to Buente during the March 6, uh, 2017 briefing that Steele was the crown source still matters because the FISA surveillance co-orders were renewed two more times after that meeting. That, of course, is assuming the FBI meant Steele when they referenced a crown source, something not entirely clear. More on that shortly. And I'm definitely going to read that one, Margo, when she when she um, drops that. She she links that this here, a little thread at. Um, so what if crown reporting wasn't Steele but came from an English spooks? We already know Cambridge Analytica 4 were in deeps. That's a great point by Margo because that's something that we – that we've uh, one of the links that we found was Cambridge Analytica, um, and that links to the Holy See and to the Vatican, um, and MI5 and uh, Mossad and Australian intelligence. This is this this was a deep plan to remove President Trump. Um, this is a she points to a Talibi Substack, uh, the spies who hijacked America. That's the one that we read a while back uh, with regards to Cambridge. Um, she points to the notes here and then, uh, as points out Hans Maki and the rest, and then there goes that. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that for Margo. If she takes that next route, I want to, I want to see where she goes with that next. Cause that's going to be very important when it comes to how this all is going to play itself out here. So, uh, keep hope alive on that front. I really do believe that, um, Durham's going to get to the bottom of it. We'll see. All right. 622 already, man. All right. The last longer kind of article I got, and this isn't this isn't that long. Uh, revisiting the Flynn Kislyak leak, and then the rest is a rapid fire after this. So, thanks for hanging out with me here today, guys. I appreciate you guys uh, still coming to hang out after a a long day for me. I'll just put it that way. I want to say hello to all you guys out there. Thumper Rose lived in Germany from seventies and eighties with the husband in the military. So, Netherlands was a oh yeah. Everyone's kind of talking about being able to visit Netherlands. I see that you guys, several of you guys, have been had a chance to go out there. Ramstein and A three eighty something. Gotcha, Thumper Rose. Gotcha. Thanks for being here today, guys. I appreciate you guys hanging out. Uh, let me see what else is going on here today. Um, Desert Beauty uh, hanging out there with um, with Freestyler. Good to see you guys out there. We were unaware of said globalists and rhinos and warmongers and the like. Yes. That crazy QAnon guy woke everybody up. Jeez, this stuff is just, it's all fake. I, I spit the facts here. Atlas Gaskin hanging out. Good to see you. Thanks for being here today. Atlas is king, excuse me. And a good crowd uh, still kind of lurking everywhere else. So thanks for all the lurkers out there as well. 
Appreciate you guys being there, and everyone over there on uh, DLive, I appreciate you guys uh, lurking today, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Much love. All right, let's get let's keep it moving here today, guys. Another article of Technofog's new one is up there. Uh, I want to see what he's got up there today, and then uh, the rest is just kind of some interesting stuff here and there to finish off the show with here today, guys. So thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you guys very much. Desert Beauty, much love. All right. Revisiting the Flynn Kislyak leak and who the DOJ is keeping tabs on Durham. Uh, Technofog dropped this seven hours ago. Let me scan this. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty quick article here. So let's see what Technofog has up there today. What's up? Knock my socks off. Still lurking. Uh, let's see here. How I found out Flynn Kislyak leak took place on January 5th. 2017. Now that's interesting. Before I get to that, some brief words on the unmasking report commissioned by Attorney General Bill Barr and prepared by U.S. Attorney John Bash with a focus on the call between Lieutenant General Michael Flynn and Russian Ambassador Kislyak. With respect to the to that call transcript, Flynn's name was never masked, and Bash noted the FBI shared transcripts of the relevant Flynn Kislyak communications with the officials outside the bureau without masking General Flynn's name. Flynn's name was never masked. Hmm. That's that's with respect to the call transcript. The FBI shared these transcripts with top-level FBI and DOJ officials and perhaps members of the Obama White House who could have who could have seen the transcripts. The list includes President Obama, Vice President Biden, FBI Director James Comey, National Security Advisor Susan Rice, Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates, and all who were present at the meeting at the Obama White House to discuss General Flynn's calls with the Russian ambassador. This is, again, the uh, the anatomy of Spygate was hatched at that meeting, and they all were in on it. They all knew what was happening, and they all made sure it happened the way it did because they could not allow President Trump to stop their globalist agenda from taking over America, and they still think they can pull it off. They They ain't pulling it off, I'm telling you. It ain't happening. The Washington Post explains on January 5th, 2017, President Barack Obama received a briefing from intelligence officials in the White House about the investigate in the White House Oval Office. That it was his Oval Office bunker, I believe. That's what we found when we initially did this investigation about the investigation into Russian efforts to influence the outcome of the 2016 election in favor of Donald Trump. When the briefing was over, he asked Vice President Biden, FBI Director James Comey, and Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates and Susan Rice to stay behind for an additional discussion about incoming National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. On that same day, January 5th, 2017, the flynn Kislyak call was leaked to Adam Entos of the Washington Post. This leak was done by sources who saw a transcript and described it to Entos. How do I know that? Because Entos told me. <laughs> that is interesting. That is very interesting. Hmm. January 5th, 2017. Allow me a moment here to do a quick dive. Let me see here. What is there any Q post on that date? Um, let 
Let me see here. There's I'm I'm not sure if on the fifth there is any. I don't think there is, no. Hmm. Interesting. All right. I just wanted to see. Interesting. And just told me. That's what Technofox says. That's interesting. So the leak was um, you know, at that meeting it was that's when they, they decided to leak this uh bullshit call. There you go. <sighs> Much love, Freestyle. Thank you for being here. All right. What do I have here? Report tens of thousands of New Jersey voter registrations are duplicated, missing critical information. New Jersey's voter rolls contain thousands of registrants who are 105 years or older. <laughs> I, all you can do, I, I don't know what else to do besides just fucking laugh. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, the Public Interest Legal Foundation released a research brief detailing tens of thousands of errors in New Jersey's voter rolls. These errors must be fixed before the 2022 elections, you think? The foundation's analysis of voter roll found that 8,239 New Jersey residents managed to become registered twice or more under variations of their names. There were individuals registered three, four, five, and even six times Additionally, the state's voter rolls have 2,398 registrants who appear to be aged 105 or older. <laughs> Just in case you need that 2,300 mark, you can always throw those in there whenever you need them. The average life expectancy in Jersey is 80 years. <laughs> uh just that's just that's for the dumb fucks at CNN. They're like, well, there could be people over 105 that living there in Jersey. Like, what do you there you never know. Anyways, um, if there's anyone out there that's out in Jersey, do me a favor, huh? Grab that link over there and share with your friends. That tough guy. Take that link over there. Give it all to your friends. Tell your neighbors about it. In my worst Jersey accent. I apologize. <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's keep moving here. What else we got? Ex-MMA trainer fights a kangaroo. I'll just skip that one. It's kind of a funny. I don't know. It's actually... All right, just check it out, dude. Can you imagine you're out you're out playing with the kids or your dogs? Holy crap, that's loud! And a, a kangaroo jumps you. Look at this a kangaroo. <laughs> what do you do? I, I guess you just gotta fight it, huh? Can you imagine? I mean, you're out you're out hanging out with the dogs, and a kangaroo attacks your dogs, and you gotta defend them. He defended their dog's honor. The best part about this was is the king, the, the guy goes, the article goes, uh, kangaroo got a little more than a bargain for when it went toe-to-toe with a man trying to protect his dogs. Ex-MMA trainer Cliff Des <laughs> put his combat skills to work. He, damn, how's that for a, for a uh, bad pick for a kangaroo, you know? Um, of all the fights I got to pick, I got to pick the human that happens to be trained. Gee. <laughs> anyways i thought it was kind of interesting <laughs> uh, anyways a former pennsylvania congressman caught in the 1970s ab scam sting le- pleads guilty to election fraud charges what is, what is going on here this is this was dropped on june 6 2022 a former u.s representative michael ozzy myers who has been working as a campaign consultant since his release from prison admitted to persuading election officials to pad votes and for favored candidates. No, that's I, I tell the truth on CNN. There's no such thing as voter. We had the most secure elections ever, says Michael Ozzie Myers, who uh, bragged about how it's done. I think we kind of covered that, but that's finally breaking in the news today. 
uh, nationwide uh, in the Philadelphia Inquirer picked up on that news story that we covered and boom, they got it lined up. I have this from you from uh, Canica the Great as Gary Snyder is one of the people who uh, recorded the videos for the mules, had a discussion with um, Chanel from OAN. It's a minute and 40 seconds and this is going to need to be boosted. I can tell already. Let me crank this up for you guys so you can hear it, and then uh, we'll keep it moving here. Wrap the show up here pretty quick here. All right, here you go. Yuma County's Sheriff Department uh, announced that they are investigating some irregularities. This announcement came right after the film 2000 Mules debuted, and when correlations were starting to be linked between the sheriff's investigation and 2000 Mules, Yuma County Sheriff's Department said... They were not investigating these cases because of 2000 Mules. They were investigating these cases from 2020. What is your take on that? Is that accurate? So what it is, when we gave them the, the discrepancy of the videos of what's going on, they from then checked their voter rolls. They checked different voting patterns and realized there was a lot of issues going on. They sat on it. It's a little misleading for the sheriff's office to say they were not investigating this because of... 2000 mule. Yeah, the nuance is why do we wait so long? You know, Wilmot is an awesome sheriff, yeah. but we waited a year and a half for stuff to be done. Now, Attorney General didn't step up till now. You know, I know he's running for U.S. Senate, but we don't think that's the reason why he now he's starting to indict people. We don't think so, at least. So you believe that Sheriff Wilmot knew about this and did not act on it at the time because he didn't have all the information or what or because of upward pressure? Uh, I believe the pressure and, and more the verification of pressure as in uh, information coming from the county recorder and the attorney general's pressure. Snyder says together with David Lara, he has a list of nearly three dozen more ballot mules. Snyder says he's hoping they cooperate with authorities to better expose the widespread ballot fraud in Yuma County. Chanel Rian, One American News. A lot of that stuff coming out there. So good stuff from Chanel Rian. I wanted to make sure that, that got uh, shared out there today, guys. Uh, also, this from Sydney Powell. Um, this is forwarded from January 6th, Captain Gabriel Garcia, unapologetic patriot. Uh, judge Nichols and the only federal judge in D.C. to reject obstruction charges against January 6th defendants has dismissed another charge. This time against Jake Lang, one of the first people charged. We talked about Jake Lang uh, story yesterday. A minute order as to Jacob uh, uh, Edward Jacob Lang. Upon review, the defendant's motion to dismiss count nine, and for the reasons discussed in the court's memorandum of opinion, um, it is so ordered that the judge is granted count nine is dismissed without precedence, without prejudice. Excuse me. So there you go. Um, I guess we just keep exposing it. I don't know, dude. You want to really know how to incite people? Just watch your local radical leftist senator light people up. Angry for, for decades now, and we are going to fight that. Let me, let me go back and read this. Sorry. I just realized I was muted. I want to read the, the, um, what it says here. The, the, Okay, the operating theater, housewives, elderly residents, people shot while sitting in their homes. Many of the staff were in tears. 20 minutes, 40 seriously injured were brought to emergency surgery. Two were already dead. The streets, uh, many came to us shaking in anger and disbelief and fear. 
Many were terrified, saying there will be a retribution. There was not one voice. That, that skips too fast. There was not one voice on the streets. There was not one voice on the streets which did not express despair and rage. Tell the world, they said to us, Tiananmen Square anniversary on the 6th. wanted to make sure that got out there today. It's the very rare footage that uh, you n- never see out there. Sorry about the stupid mic button. Um, all right, what else we got here? Um, Emil Robinson, former U.S. Assistant Attorney, Secretary Catherine Austin Fitz, explaining what the planned reset really is. The central bankers of the G7 nations went into the room in Jackson Hole in August 2019, and they voted on the going direct reset. Everything that's happening to us right now is part of the going direct reset, and they voted on it. It was a plan. Okay, so they wrote a plan. They decided to do this. So they've been they've been engaged in the financial coup for 20 years. We're now coming into the end game. They have to consolidate the financial coup and they vote on the going direct reset. And without one decision, they made a decision over the next year to put 500 million people out of work. That's the equivalent of dropping several nuclear bombs around the world. That's financial warfare. And they made it intentionally, they made it knowingly, and it was a plan. And what is very important to understand when you think about this pandemic is People are not dying from magic viruses. People are dying from tyranny. They're dying from a great poisoning that's part of that tyranny. But our problem and the thing we need to be afraid of is tyranny because the tyranny is about to get much, much worse. And, and it's the passports and, and that system of central bank digital control that will give them the ability to do that. And President Trump was in their way. They can't have that. Let's check in with FCCED as we wrap the show up here today, guys. Sorry about the late start. Be back to a normal time tomorrow. I had something I had to take care of today. It's just one of those things. So appreciate you guys very much. And uh, thanks for hanging out very much. I appreciate it. Knowingly, indeed. Knowingly. Oh, man. Everyone over there on Rumble, much love, guys. Yeah, sorry about the mute. Got that fixed, though. Thanks for being here today, guys. Back to the normal time slot tomorrow. So we'll be back at it uh, in the normal time slot. Let's check in with FCCED, and then we'll wrap the show up today, and we'll be back to normal tomorrow. Uh, Ex-governor arrested over accountant general's $80 billion Naira probe. I think we covered that yesterday. And then St. Louis President Louis Reed and two aldermen indicted on federal bribery charges. Pakistan's FIA arrest the Prime Minister Shabazz and his son in the money laundering case. So those ones we got covered yesterday. Nothing new over there. Uh, the DOJ is celebrating Pride Month. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, let's see here. Can I not see your dumbass speeches, DOJ? You have anything interesting out there today? Detroit area software developer uh, indicted on employment tax crimes. Uh, tax repair in Detroit also indicted on falsifying his own returns and obstructing the IRS. American woman who led ISIS battalion pleads guilty. Allison Fluke Ekron providing military training to over 100 women and girls in Syria on behalf of ISIS. Isn't that great? Uh, 12th defendant uh, sentenced in dogfighting and dog distribution ring. Uh, Federal Natural Resource Trustees proposed construction of Riverside East Park in East Newark. That, that's important that that happens in the DOJ website because that's important for people to know, I guess. Justice Department Security Settlement in Florida employer to resolve immigration-related tax frames, and that's the last one. Former mayor of Puerto Rico municipality sentenced to accepting bribes. Many of you guys have seen the breakdown of the Puerto Rican um, corruption 
Remember when President Trump was blamed for all the corruption in Puerto Rico? Yeah. All of those people are now being held to account, guys. So that is pretty interesting. That's like the I think that's the fourth or fifth uh, major um, Puerto Rican that's been uh, indicted for their corruption. So there you go. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out today. I appreciate you guys very much. Go ahead and I'll release a scratch off 668 gold pills today, guys. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate you guys very much. Back in the saddle in normal time tomorrow. I apologize for the late start today. Life gets in the way of fun sometimes. You know what I'm saying? It gets in the way of, I guess, work, I should say. Anyways, um, thanks, guys. Much love to you all over there on Tiger Network. Uh, Cloud Hub, all the lurkers. Thanks, guys, for being here. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. Back in the normal time slot tomorrow, 5 Eastern, 4 Central. Have a great evening and God bless you all. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.